to do with um, some of the things that have been going around um, in some circles in Christianity, and you got to be careful with some stuff, and you'll you'll understand what I mean as we go forward. But um, I just felt like today. It, did anybody hear anything about all the way the planets would be lining up and, you know, and, and all that stuff? And so um, I do believe the scripture said that there would be wonders in the sky, and I believe in all that. I do think you need to be very careful when everybody, when anybody starts saying the Lord's coming on this day. When they say that, I tune out. I tune out. Um, they said... One guy gave us a book, and he said, I've got 88 reasons he's coming in 19 and 88. And uh, we've been waiting for a long, long time. And I guess going on 30 years now. And, and um, so you've got to be very careful trying to attach a particular date to something. But that is not to say that we should not be circumspect and we should not be paying attention to everything that is going on around us. And there is a lot going on that ought to make us sit up and take notice that it is not too terribly long and the Lord must be coming back for his church. And I want to be a part of that church. We used to sing the song when I was in Sunday school as a child. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Well, I still feel that way. When the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number. I want to be ready. So I don't want somebody to, to, to preach to me who's not going to ever tell me that the coming of the Lord is soon and that I don't need to live my life in such a way where I'm trying to prepare for that great day. I want somebody to preach to me every once in a while and stir my soul and say, let's get ready to go to heaven because we weren't made for here. We were made for over there. I know you have stood a lot today. You have worshipped. Would you mind standing with me one more time for the reading of the word of the Lord? Luke 21, verses 25 through 28 is where we will take our text from this morning. Luke 21, verses 25 through 28. And the scripture says this. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. So I am preaching today from this subject. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Your redemption is, it's no time to hang your head. It's no time to look down. 
It is the time to look up. Lift up your heads. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Let's do it with a shout, can we? Hallelujah. We praise you today, Lord. We glorify and magnify you. Help us today, Lord, through the preaching of your word. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The setting of the scripture that I have read to you today is after Jesus has made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, knowing that soon he will be betrayed by Judas, he'll be taken captive in Gethsemane by the priests and the elders, he will then be beaten and mocked and He'll be taken to Pilate where he will be scourged and mocked and ultimately he will be nailed to the cross at Calvary. Jesus knows that he has but a short time left on earth in which to work and set things in order for the culmination and the fulfillment of his earthly purpose. So in this, his final week, He is very busy. And the scripture is very careful to record all that he does. Everywhere that he goes. And the things that he says. It's amazing that in three and a half years of ministry on earth that we have of Jesus. That really when you think about it. Very little of three and a half years is actually captured in scripture. Very little of it is captured in scripture. However. It is, after, it is during this week, the Passion Week, that so much of what he does is recorded for us. And on this particular day, Luke tells us that Jesus has made his way into the temple where he is teaching the people and he is preaching the gospel. As has happened many times before in his ministry, He is approached by the religious leaders of their day. And they come to him. It's Pharisees. It's priests. It's scribes. They come to him and they attempt to use wordplay. And ask him particular questions that he they think they can trap him into saying certain things. In order that they might create some issue. Which will cause him to either lose favor with the people. Or to bring upon himself the wrath of Rome. As usual. Jesus wisely answers their questions. And he frustrates their purpose. And it is after that exchange has passed. That the Bible tells us in Luke 21 and 1. That he looks up. And he sees the wealthy casting their gifts into the treasury as well as the poor widow woman who gives her two mites and this is the instance in which he stuns everybody that is near him when he looks at those that are observing this with him the wealthy giving so much the poor widow giving her two mites Jesus turns to those that are also paying attention. And he says to them that 
This widow has given more than all the rest of them put together. And they're shocked. How can this be, Lord? It is because they gave of their abundance, he said. But she, in her poverty, in her destitution, she has given all that she has. And as he finishes telling them this, someone is there. We don't know their name. It's really more than just one. It's at least two, maybe three or four. We don't know what their names are, but some people there obviously just don't get it. What Jesus has just told them. Because as soon as he tells them the sacrifice that this widow has made, they begin to remark, isn't this such a beautiful temple? Look at all of these goodly stones and all of these gifts that are here that have made this temple what it is. Isn't this just a magnificent place? And I'm going to tell you today, I do thank God for our church building. And I really am thanking God for our future church building. And I am looking forward to that great day as well. When, if the Lord tarries His coming, we will. The saints will go marching in, into that building and I want to be a part of that number as well. Amen. And um, I, I look forward to that. I want it to be nice. I want it to have a great big drive through. For when it's raining. And, and you don't have to run from your vehicle to the, to the entrance of the church. And you don't have to worry if you're going to make it without getting wet. We're going to try to make life as easy on you as we possibly can. We're not, gonna, we're not planning to put any hard benches in there. We're going to give you cushioned seats in that new building. Can somebody say amen? amen? We're not planning to leave it open air for the horse flies to come in like they used to. And we're going to close it in and we're going to put air conditioning in it. Does that sound good to anybody? I'm telling you. We like to worship God in comfort. But, but that said, let me just tell you something today. The presence of God and the glory of God that we have already felt in this room. It was not dependent upon paint on walls. And it's not been dependent on a sound system or lights or any of these things. It's not been dependent upon the air conditioning. It's not been dependent upon the kind of seat that you're sitting on. The glory of God that we have felt. In this room today, it's not about those things. But it's about the Spirit of the Lord rushing into a place as people begin to give God praise. And people begin to give God glory. We can lose a lot of things. We can lose air conditioning, but don't ever lose your hand clap. You can lose the paint on the wall, but don't ever lose a shout. You can lose a lot, but don't ever lose what brings the glory of God. The Bible still says that He inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. It is the praises of God that has brought the presence of God into this room today. And so this person begins to remark and they chime in with him. Look at all of this. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this wonderful? Isn't this lovely? And, and uh, they just do not get it. And uh, it is into this situation. Pay attention here. Please notice this. I've never preached this. And it was something I felt like the Lord showed me last night. 
It is into that kind of a situation that Jesus is prompted to instruct them in the way more perfectly. His lesson on sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Coupled with their focus on the things that are temporary. Pushes him into a prophetic discourse on what it will be like when the end of time begins to fall upon this passage of time that we know as the history of the world. Jesus is prompted to talk about his return by people who don't understand what sacrifice is and people who are caught up in the temporary. Because the best way for you and I to view sacrifice is not through the lens of temporary material things that surround us as those near Jesus viewed it that day. But let us take a lesson from the Master and learn to view sacrifice instead through the lens of that which is eternal and lasting. If you value time more than anything, then everything you do is fixated around how it affects you now. But when you value eternity more than anything, then everything that you do will be determined by how this will affect that which will last forever. We have got to be so careful that we don't get our focus on the wrong things. We have got to remember that whether everything that is around us right now is temporary and it is fleeting. This life, Jane said, is but a vapor. It is here today and it is gone tomorrow. It's here just a little while and then it vanisheth, the scripture said away. And I don't want to get so consumed with what is here that I quit looking at what is over there. I don't want to be so consumed with everything that is happening now that I forget that there is a place called heaven. That my Lord has gone to prepare a place for you and I. That in his father's house are many mansions and if it were not so he would have told us I don't want to forget about eternity what a powerful thought to consider that the thing that provoked our savior to talk with us about eternity was the absolute and complete sacrifice of a poor woman whose name we don't even know it is because She got it. She knew that whatever her situation was currently, it was nothing to be compared with the glory that she would one day know and she would one day experience. And so I will tell you today that the way to know whether or not you have an eternal view is to take a good, long, hard look at how it is you view sacrifice. If you view sacrifice based only in the, in the uh, realm of what is temporary, you probably have missed it by a million miles. But if your sacrifice is understood in the context of that which is to come, and that which is on a shore that is not too far away, if that is how you will view sacrifice, then you, ladies and gentlemen, will be on the right path. We must be so careful. 
We don't live in a world anymore that values sacrifice. We don't live in a world anymore that thinks it's uh, noble and that, that thinks it's godly to, to know the value of what it means to have been through some things to get to the place where we are today. We all, probably me as much as anybody else, all of us together, we all kind of seem to, to want it to come easy, don't we? We don't want to have to work too hard. We don't want to have to push too hard. And sometimes I wonder if we've not hurt ourselves. We have been so blessed. We have been so blessed. And I wonder that as we have tried to share blessing with our children, if we have not done more harm than we have done good. I'm, I'm all for blessing our families. But I don't ever want to lose the value of sacrifice. And understanding how God values it and how God prioritizes it in his kingdom. It's in the view of sacrifice that our Lord began to tell us about what would happen in the days preceding eternity when time will be no more. Now, I know that this past week there's been a lot of talk. I even read an article from one of the major news sites and it was it was basically making fun of the fact that it said all the Christians are saying that the Lord is coming back Saturday. This is let me just tell you one of the reasons we need to be careful what we say is because the naysayers will use anything they can against the kingdom of God. And so I wasn't saying the Lord's coming back Saturday. I didn't think he was. Because you got too many yahoos telling us that he was coming back Saturday. And he may come the day before, he may come the day after, but he's not going to come today. All those yahoos are telling us that's when he's coming. Because the scripture did say that no man, not even the angels, know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is going to return. And so you got to be careful with that. And you had people who got around, they began to say this stuff. And those who are, who, who, who are anti-Christ, they began to grab hold of that. And, and they painted you and me with that same broad brush. This is why we need to be careful that we, that we are very conscientious about what we attach ourselves to. Be careful. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Be careful who you connect to. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life because the same people that are speaking into your life, uh, people may begin to associate you with them and they may not be the people you need to be associated with to maintain your witness. So you've got to be very careful with these things. And so they've been saying that. And I told you in 1988, they said he's coming. They gave us 88 reasons he's coming then. We heard that he was coming in the year uh, 2000 on, uh, at midnight on January one of the year 2000 the lord was coming and we had people prepping and and if you're here today and you did that don't say nothing to me don't tell me i'm, I'm okay just don't say it I'm just getting that out there before don't tell me um we had people prepping and all that kind of stuff and and all over the world now some were doing it because they thought computer systems were all going to crash and all that stuff and they weren't going to be able to buy things and and uh that sort of thing and and so that i understand a little bit more but but let me just tell you something. You don't, have to, you don't have to live your life in fear of the coming of the Lord. 
Jesus did not say, when all these signs begin to come, I want you to move to a commune in the desert with a stockpile of stuff. He said, that's not what he said. He said, lift up your heads and look because your redemption is drawing. So what I am preaching today, this is not a doom and gloom. This is to tell us we ought to start looking up. That's why I chose that slide for my sermon today. There's a bright sunshining day that is beginning to dawn on the horizon. And I want to look toward the eastern sky where the Lord is getting ready to come back for his church. These are some of the signs that he gave us that he said would be happening. He said that there would be many that would come in his name saying, I am the Christ. In other words, the word Christ means the anointed one. So in other words, there were many who would come, he said, and their declaration would be on their business card, it would be saying, I am anointed. So I am telling you today, don't follow after just anybody or anything that claims to be anointed. You'd better make sure that who they are and what they say lines up with Scripture. We are not people who just follow after signs. The Lord did say it is an evil generation that seeks a sign. We don't follow the signs. The signs follow us. And the Bible lets us know that the devil has lying wonders. And the devil, I believe, with everything in me, will use lying wonders to try to validate false Christs so that people will begin to follow after them. And because it's no big deal to the devil if you go to hell healed or not healed. If the devil's got to do a lying wonder and get somebody healed to get them to hell, trust me, he'll do everything he can to get them to hell. That's why we're not just following after everything. Every faith healer that comes down the pike and every televangelist that you see on the TV, we don't go with everything. We make sure that who they are and what they say lines up with the Word of God because this Word is higher authority than anything else you've ever known, than anything else you've ever come across. We build on the Word of God. We build on the Word of God. So don't be following after false Christ that he said would come. Be, uh, be cognizant of the fact that there are many who can claim to be anointed. And there are many who may say things that get you to feel a certain way. Uh, one, of the, one of the craziest statements that a Christian can make is, Well, I just feel. Well, I just feel. Well, you better, I'm not against your feelings, but you better make sure your feelings line up with the word of God. Because there's a lot of people that have felt a lot of things. I've heard some people say, well, I don't feel like I want to be in a marriage anymore with you. Well, I don't care how you feel. That's not what the Word of God said. There's some people say, well, I don't feel like I need to 
keep my promise to you in this, in this deal that we have made. But that's not what the scripture said. The scripture said you need to honor your word. And so it's not really about how you feel. It's about what God's word says. So I don't care how they make you feel. I don't care what it is that they have said. I want to know what has God said. And I want to know does it line up with his word. Because it is the word of God that is my map. It is the word of God that takes me from here to there. I've got to be in God's word. The second thing that he said would be a sign of the end of time. And by the way, we are seeing false Christ, are we not? We are seeing false Christ. There are so many that are telling us so many different things. And there are so many voices that are shouting into our ears. Oh, Lord, help us to be tuned into you. You're only going to hear God's word if you're spending time with him in prayer. And if you are spending time in his word. You're only going to hear the voice of God if you are committing yourself to hearing that. Otherwise, we're going to be overwhelmed by everything else that is shouting at us. I am praying, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Amen. The second sign he said is that there would be wars and that there would be rumors of wars. He said nation would rise against nation and kingdom would come against kingdom. We are currently, um, I was looking back through some messages that I have preached in the past that kind of dealt with this subject matter. And I looked at one that was from about seven years ago. And it was during that time that Egypt was going through all their turmoil. And uh, you had the, the Muslim Brotherhood that was coming in there. And, and I don't remember how everything worked out with, with some of those things. And, but they came in and were were trying to get a foothold to take over and the Mubarak was overthrown and then you had Libya and and Gaddafi was killed there and overthrown and and all of these things were taking place and I was just looking through it all seeing what was happening and and now today in 2017 we are dealing with the threat of a nuclear North Korea and I'm not here to argue the politics of all of it with you today. It doesn't really matter whether you like it's be, the way it's being handled on our end or not. The truth of the matter is they are very quickly nearing nuclear capability. They're talking about testing a nuclear bomb in the ocean right now. And any day that could perhaps happen. And so, um, we're, we're, folks, a nuclear bomb is not, is not just something small. And you're talking about massive devastation, the loss of multiplied tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of lives. And uh, it, it would just be an in incredible thing on the face of the earth if that were to happen. And that is a potential possibility. And, and then you've got other nations, some that are, are what many would call a rogue nation like Iran. Uh, nobody knows what they're going to do. They just kind of do what they want. And, and all of these things are happening. And, and we don't know just how far they have progressed with this technology. And, and people are sharing. And, and we don't know where China is and all this. Who are they helping? How far are they helping? What, what's going on behind the scenes? Or is there anything going on? Behind? We don't even know. But there's suspicion. And so there's a lot of things happening. And I am telling you that we are in a day of wars and rumors of wars. Right. When nations are rising up against nation. 
And kingdoms are rising up against kingdom. And you can look at me and you can say, well, you're just, you're just preaching like those old preachers I used to hear years ago. And they used to say these things. And I remember I'm talking about Israel becoming a nation in the 40s and, and, and uh, all of the things that happened there. And, and uh, that, what does this have to do with anything anymore? And I'm going to tell you what it has to do with. As time progresses and as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, you can see all of this as it begins to gain steam and it begins to move faster and faster and faster and faster. I don't want to miss the sign. I don't want to miss the sign. They are out there and it is happening all around us. And we'd better be careful that we are not dismissing it or that... I, I tell you what I think the enemy is really trying to do right now. He's trying to get us so wrapped up in politics that we miss the signs that are of the time all around us. And I just stepped in something right there when I said that. The enemy is more concerned if he can divide people with Democrats and Republicans. So if we'll get to fussing and fighting with each other about all this other stuff, we'll quit talking about the coming of the Lord is near. And we'll get our eyes off the horizon. But I've come to preach to you and tell you today, it's not about a Democrat or a Republican. It's not about who is president or who isn't president. It's about God wrapping this thing up. And I I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. The scripture said there would be great earthquakes in many places. We are having them every single day. There's not a day that goes by that we're not inundated with earthquakes in this world. And matter of fact, we just had a massive one happen in Mexico. Toppled 44 buildings at last count that I knew. Many killed and, and, and many that they're still searching for. And we'll see how all that comes about. It was just a few years ago that there was an earthquake under the sea. And that earthquake under the sea uh, caused there to be a tremendous wave produced. They call it a tsunami. And that tsunami went rushing toward the Asian uh, countries around Indonesia. And it swept up on to land. And when it did, it was like a great big wall of water. And it just hit that, those islands and it just kept flowing in, 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 in. And there were hundreds of thousands of people that lost their lives. We are living in days that mimic what Jesus said. Great earthquakes in many places they are all around us he said that there would be famines and we see famine throughout this world we actually are living in a day of unprecedented famine we are you go look at it we are living in days where where we are having a harder time feeding people despite technology despite all that we have we're having a harder time feeding people and getting them access to clean water and all of these things than almost ever before. It just is amazing what is taking place in the world. Pestilence, he said, which surrounds us. Fearful sights and great wonders from heaven, he said. We would see them. He said that knowledge would be on the increase. Knowledge would be on the increase. Somebody said the other day, and, and uh, it was a guy I know, 
he said, has anybody seen the newest iPhones? And I believe it, what, what's the new ones called? The X, the 10X, whatever it is, just X, the iPhone X. And the iPhone X has come out, and, and doesn't it have facial recognition now? And, I mean, it's just amazing what it can do. And, and a, a guy I know said, is anybody else looking at their iPhones now and feeling like, like it's just junk? <laughs> now they got all this other stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and you just get to thinking about what technology is doing. We, we've, they tell us that we, are gaining, that we are doubling our knowledge every four years, folks. Every four years, we are doubling the cumulative knowledge that we have in this world every four years. So in other words, everything that we have learned from the dawn of man all the way up to this point, from when God created Adam up to this point, everything that we have learned, it will double in the next four years. Knowledge is on the increase at an astounding rate. And yet some people are going to sit back and they're going to think this is no big deal. I'm just doing my thing going through life. But I'm trying to preach and tell you today the coming of the Lord is not very far away. But in the midst of all of these things, I want to tell you what you need to understand and what you need to get allowed to get in your spirit to cause you great joy and to bring some happiness into this room today. In the midst of all of these things, in the midst of false Christ and wars and rumors of wars, in the midst of earthquakes and famine and pestilence and fearful sights and great wonders from heaven, in the middle of all of these things, I got a word for you today. The Son of Man is going to come and He's going to come in a cloud and He's coming with great power and he is coming with great glory and as these things are happening around us the tendency of humanity is going to be that people are going to want to look down they're going to want to cast their gaze low but Jesus said don't you dare do that when all of this begins to happen it will not be no time for you to look down but it's going to be a time for you to look up because even as this earth is going the way of destruction, at the same time the earth is going the way of destruction, Jesus is going to be coming by way of power and glory. So I came to preach to you. And I came today to tell you that whatever end time reality that you may be walking through, whatever end time circumstances that are affecting you or your loved ones, it is no time to look down, but it is high time to look up because even as ruin wants to rise up your redemption is drawing nigh I've come to tell you your redemption it is drawing nigh the thing we have prayed for the thing we have groaned for the thing we have cried out to God for it is getting close and it is not too terribly long and the Lord is coming back and Jesus is going to come and he's going to rapture his church out of here redemption is drawing nigh and just in case you think I've lost my mind today that I'm crazy 
just in case you think I'm a little bit too animated for this. And I ought to be a little more dignified in a pulpit. And I shouldn't talk like I'm talking. And I shouldn't get worked up like I'm getting worked up. Let me tell you what we're fighting against. The scripture said that in the last days, mockers, scoffers, they would arise. And they would say, where is the promise of his coming? You've been telling us for years that he was coming back. You've been saying this for a long, long time. You're just one more in a long line of fire and brimstone preachers. You're just one more trying to scare us. Uh, trying to get people to live under some kind of... Con- no, no. I'm just one more preacher trying to tell you the truth. I don't know what day. And I don't know what hour. But I know it's getting close. Because all these signs are beginning to come to pass. And so I'm just here today as a messenger from the Lord. Saying, hey, Sanctuary Church! Lift up your heads! Your redemption is drawing nigh. I'm just one more pastor today saying, Quit fooling around with sin and things that take you away from the presence of God. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Just one more pastor that says, This is no time for you to back away from your consecration. This is no time for you to slide away from being faithful and living for God and coming to the house of God. Your redemption is trying nigh. I've come to shout it today. I've come to tell you today. There's not a doubt in my body, but that the Lord is soon to come. When's he coming? I can't tell you that. How many days? I can't tell. How many years? I can't tell you. All I can tell you is something in me bears witness with what is happening in this whole world in which we live. And I don't want to be lost. And I don't want to be sitting around twiddling my thumbs and not be ready for the coming of the Lord. I want to be ready to go to heaven. I want to walk on streets of gold. I want the Lord to come to me. When I, when I get over there and I begin to think of all the things that push me, I'm, I'm one of those people I can cry pretty easy. You know, I get to thinking about things and what's happened and, and all that kind of stuff. I get to think about where the Lord's brought this church and I can start crying about it. And I have a feeling when I get over there and I stand before the Lord and I get to thinking about everything we went through to get us over there. I just have a feeling tears are going to start coming down my face. But I want to be there for the Lord to say, it's okay, let me wipe those tears from your eyes. You don't have to cry over here. I want to be in that city where the Lamb is the light. I want to take, I want to take a crown. I don't know it'll be a very big crown. I don't know it's going to have a lot of ornate things about it. But I want to take whatever crown I've got. And I want to say, Jesus, I just came to lay this at your feet, Lord. I want to walk beside a crystal sea. I want to see a tree of life whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. I want to go to heaven. I want to talk with David 
I want to shout with David. I want to rejoice with David. I want to sit down with the Apostle Paul and say, Tell me, Paul, about what it was like and the things that you walked through. I want to talk to Abraham and say, Abraham, what a, what a tremendous amount of faith it took for you to do what you did. And to step out of Ur and begin to make your way to a city whose builder maker was God. I want to do that. But let me tell you what else I want to do. I want to sit down with my dad. And I want to sit down with my mom. And I want to say, I'm so glad you raised me in the truth. I'm so glad you took me to church. I'm so glad you helped instill a love for God inside of me. Let me tell you what else I want to do. I want to take that lady over there by the hand and say thank you for walking with me. And thank you for making me better than I was. And keeping me on the straight and narrow. How many have a spouse does that for them? I want to thank you for being such a good, wonderful helpmeet to me. And I want to take my kids. Oh, my God. I want to take my kids by the hand. And I want to say, hey, buddy, we made it. Asher, I want to look at you. Because the scripture said that when we get to heaven, we're going to be known as we are known. And so I'm going to know who you are. And you're going to know who I am. And I want to be able to take you by the hand and say, Asher, we made it, buddy. We made it. We made it. And get to walk with my kids through eternity. And no, and no, they're not in a place of torment. But they're in a place of eternal glory and eternal wonderment. And then I've got them there with me. Oh, I want to go to heaven. So I came to preach to you and tell you today, quit looking down. Quit looking at your newspaper, everything that's telling us what's wrong. Quit listening to everybody that's telling us who's this and who's that and who's trying to divide us. I am so frustrated with media trying to divide people. I've got friends that live in Houston. And they told me, they said, it is such a lie what the media tells us about each other. They said, if, if you could just see, they said, there were people out there. They didn't care what color you were. It was whites helping blacks. It was blacks helping whites. It was the Mexicans helping. It didn't matter. The Asian, it didn't matter if it was my boat, if it was your boat. It didn't matter if it was your car, my car. It was just people wanting to help each other. And we got all these voices trying to tell us what's wrong. But I came to say, quit listening to what's wrong and start looking up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Stand to your feet today and let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here at today's Sanctuary Church, your redemption is drawing nigh. It is so close, much closer than you realize. And we need every once in a while to be shook up a little bit. And we need to have our spirits stirred. And God is here today to talk to us and say it's time for you to put a focus back on the things which are eternal. I don't need any more looking around the temple in amazement saying, Wow, 
Look at all these goodly stones. These gifts that have made this place what it is. He said, I don't need that. He said, I need a person who views eternity through the lens of sacrifice. I need some people with the spirit of the widow woman. Who said, to everybody else it may seem like I just gave everything I have. But to me, it's not that big a deal. Because I know where I'm laying my treasures up. And I know what waits for me. And I reckon that the sufferings that I'm going through now are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in me. So I'm going to keep living. I'll keep sacrificing. I'll keep being faithful to God. Because I can only imagine what it will be like when I get to the other side. In this room today, I pray that I'm not the only one who is stirred. And I trust I'm not the only one who's stirred. But I believe there are people in this room today that says, Lord, I want to be ready to go to heaven. And if that's you today, I wish you'd do me a favor. You wouldn't wait to see who else comes, but you begin to step out from where you are right now. Make your way to the front of this church. As we come, let's fill in all through here, all the front. If you're coming down these aisles, I need people to come into the middle to help fill in the middle. Because we want folks to have as much room as possible to get here. We're going to make our way. We're going to make our way to an altar today where we're making a commitment to God saying, Lord, I'm going to set my eyes on things eternal. I'm going to set my eyes on things eternal today, God. Because I know, I know that the day of redemption is drawing very close. And I, Want to be a part of that number. When the saints go marching in. Would you lift your voice to God right now? Could we begin to call out to Him together? What will my heart feel? Will I dance? Or in all of you be still? Will 